Come on. They're right there. Let's go. Move, 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 move. This episode of Choices Not Chances podcast is sponsored by Louisiana Gun Shop. Located on Highway 90 West in Broussard, Louisiana, just south of Lafayette. For more information, stay tuned at the end of this episode. This is Choices Not Chances podcast with Ryan and Matt. I'm your co-host, Matthew Charette. Sitting next to me is Ryan Rogers. Ryan. Hey guys, thanks for coming back and we appreciate you coming. Appreciate the support. Um, again, just like uh, the rest of the episodes, I'm going to mention it. If you take one thing away from this episode to the positive, uh, share it out there. Share the episode, share the information, share the dialogue. Um, today we are joined by a uh, special guest, Kyle O'Toole, a friend of mine, and he is the head strength and conditioning coach at Wounded Warrior Battalion East. And he's here to kind of tell us a little bit about what they have going on over there, uh, for the recovering service members, ill and injured as well, and and then uh, kind of what he does on the side. And uh, but first, Kyle, first, thanks for coming out on behalf of us, me, Matt, the show, uh, and the guests. We appreciate you doing this and taking the time out of your day. But um, let's just start at the beginning because you were former uh, former Marine yourself, or you're a Marine yourself. So let's uh, let's take it back. Yeah, brother. Hey, thanks uh, so much, you guys, for having me on here for sure. So. Yeah, I'm a third-generation Marine. My father, his father, both served. I uh, joined 2010 boot camp, MCTSOI, all that good stuff. Uh, I was a 0651 communications. Uh, back then, that MOS was a data network specialist. And what's what's that? So with that job, it's a lot of using the, the portable suites we use when you deploy the DDSM suites. So you're looking at, uh, you know, mainly... Uh, communication if it's between anything in the air or, or on ground we're mm-hmm. able to supply both of those depending on you know what unit you get attached with um, think of GBOS as well too setting up GBOS and mm-hmm. you know simple small network connectivity COC type stuff like that VTCs VSATs so it's pretty robust uh, MLS you're expected to know a decent amount of what you're doing and then you obviously think of radio stuff as well too we, we dab into that as well okay yeah so did that again uh, coming in 2010. Uh, first unit once I finished up comm school was uh, MWCS 28 Comm Squadron. Did a deployment with them to Afghanistan, a MAG 26. Okay. Came back, uh, you know, did that, hung with them for a bit and got fapped out to 26 then later on. Uh, did a deployment with them, a special MAGTAF. So we did that, come back. And then my Marine Corps career, my enlistment ended coming back to Comm Squadron 28. I was a chief instructor for Corbel's course for a little over a year, between a year and a year and a half before checked out. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, Ryan, it was actually that time that I spent as a chief instructor for Corbel's course that I really started to to realize that I could take my passion for fitness and you know wellness and all this and actually make a career out of it. Mm. Uh, I can honestly tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed working with any of the Marines I was able to work with there. And just try to help them be more prepared for whatever it is they have down the road for sure, them. Sure. You know, at that time I knew I wanted to get out and I wanted to make a difference. So I decided, hey, let's roll with this thing and see what happens. So I got out 2015. I moved up to Fairfax, Virginia, Northern Virginia. Enrolled in George Mason University in their exercise physiology or kinesiology program. 
Okay. That was an undergraduate program there. I did that. And when I started that program, I actually started interning and working, uh, volunteering time in their strength and conditioning room. So Georgia Mason is a small Division One school. They've got a lot of different athletic programs. And I said, hey, if this is what I want to do, I'm going to try and get my foot in the door. So mm. I went in, talked to him, said, hey, I'll come clean squat racks and, you know, help clean stuff up. If you could just give me a chance to see what you guys do. Mm. It was also that time I actually met a guy who's one of my best friends to this day. Uh, his name is John Delgado. He was working at the time as an assistant strength and conditioning coach with them. Sure. Uh, meeting him, he's kind of been a mentor to me because he taught me a lot from day one and really showed me how to kind of just, you know, slowly work my way up the ladder if that's really what I wanted to do. So did that. And um, yeah, that rolled into actually eventually becoming a GA. I got a GA position with them. So I worked part-time, you know, for grant money, working with actual teams, had some teams that I work with on my own, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. slowly started to just build the process, man, honestly. Uh, rolled all that into a graduate program then at George Mason as well. Okay. Enrolled in their exercise, fitness, and health promotion is the degree path. It's a thesis route that you take. And my thesis was specifically working with ROTC cadets, and what we looked at is how the the amount of weight that we carry on our body so whether you know ruck packs or things like that when we go out on rucks how that affects joints at our body we specifically looked at the hips the knees and the ankles so we looked at kinetics and then kinematics at those three joints and with that you're primarily concerned with the the forces that get drove you know through the body when we're doing things and then how the angles at those joints actually affect our ability to perform whatever task it is we're performing right so it's pretty and, cool. And, and, and so you're writing a thesis on this. You did a bunch of research. And what's your what, what was, uh, you know, what was your findings in your research? Yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah, a, a ton of research, I think, all in all. So my thesis was a part of a uh, doctoral student's um, work as well, too. He, he did his dissertation on this. And after about submitting 32 pages to get uh, published, we, we came up with pretty much our hypothesis was true. Um, we specifically looked at sex differences between men and women mm -hmm. and essentially came to the conclusion that, you know, men, because men have more muscle mass on their body comparative to, to women, even the same weight or, or pound for pound. And we essentially came up with the conclusion that the amount of muscle that you have on the body um, at those joints, again, is going to help you be able to perform those tasks better than a person who has less muscle mass. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. overall, not a new overarching concept. You know, we're not knocking down any walls or creating new constructs out there. But it's good. A lot of research is good to just validate findings and sure. then stick those findings to a specific population of people. That's how within evidence-based practice, that's how you build up your repertoire or your library to pull from. Sure. I think, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this with the coaching aspect, but to be a good, effective coach in whatever realm of fitness you're working, I believe you have to be able to pull from evidence-based practice, but then also pull from what you see anecdotally. So what you're sure. actually seeing on the ground with people. And from there, you've got to pull from both of those two assets and create the best program you can possibly for the athlete or the person you're working with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, especially in the, 
at Wounded Warrior Battalion where you're dealing with people that are not 100% good to go all the time. And so you have to work around injuries. So once you get into a little bit of like, um, we'll just get in a little bit of the transition, but I also want to talk about uh, the transition big Marine Corps to bring, to bring in better, better help for, for the Marines. So let's, yeah, let's talk definitely. about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, we'll talk both of those. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, as I, as I finished up my graduate program, you know, like anybody else does is you get, you know, toward the end of something, you got to start looking for your next beginning. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I knew in my mind, I wanted to try and take my experience I had in the Marine Corps and the knowledge I had built up over the years and say, look, I want to go back and I want to work with service members. I honestly, at the time, didn't really care what branch I would have loved to have had it be the Marine Corps. So I started applying like crazy for Mm. jobs. And lo and behold, I I believe I got very lucky. I'm not going to say I didn't work hard, but I got very lucky that honestly, I got put into a dream scenario. I got Mm. to come back to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, where, you know, I was for a time when I was in and I got to work with, we call them at the Wounded Warrior Battalion, we call them RSMs. It stands for a recovering service member. A recovering service member, by definition, we primarily work with active duty Marine Corps or Navy personnel. That mm-hmm. is primarily who we see. There are stints throughout the year when we do our competitive, our, our competitions that will work with the veterans as well, too. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. primarily the functions of our job is working with active duty Marine Corps and Navy. So I landed this job. I started as an assistant strength and conditioning coach working on a, you know, we have a small team, about four people that work there specifically doing this. And then there is a slew of professionals that we we work with to help create any sort of protocols for exercise or just their well-being in general. So mm-hmm. even though as coaches, we, we have, you know, medical personnel like doctors, we have, you know, physical therapists, occupational therapists, and then more non-medical providers like athletic trainers mm. or dietitians, nutritionists, uh, myself and other coaches as well too. So collectively, we are coming together and we're trying to just build up each of these individual service members to the best ability that they still have. Mm-hmm. You know, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Absolutely. Let me ask yeah. you this question. Mm-hmm. I know that when I was when I was over around the battalion, it seemed like for somebody that was damaged to me. It seemed to be the absolute best place to go uh, on the east, you know, here, maybe not on the east coast, you got Bethesda and stuff, but like right. to recover at Camp Lejeune, you're in the best place with the most resources, the most assets. And then it felt like a lot of people don't take advantage of that while they're there. Is that still the case? Are we getting better about that or? That, that's a very good question and a good thing to bring up because it's it's very tough to to pinpoint what specifically causes this but you are 100% correct that there is a there is a population of service members that come to the wounded warrior battalion that in my opinion probably just feel so deflated about what has happened to them that they you know were able to to work or carry out their job at a specific rate or performance level and then this catastrophic injury or a catastrophic event like cancer or some sort of mental health illness you know rears its head whatever the case may be regardless of what it was it has changed their perspective on how they carry out their job and i think the one thing that separates we're going to call them tactical athletes from 
your more conventional athlete, you know, uh, playing soccer or baseball or something like that, is you don't just compete when you're a tactical athlete, right? How well you perform dictates if you come home mm-hmm. that night or if your buddy comes home that night. Mm-hmm. There's a little more investment there. Mm-hmm. It's not we're not just competing, you know, mm-hmm. and it's tough, you know. At the Wounded Warrior Battalion, I see some Marsoc, you know, people. Marsoc has pretty much their own program. They can <clears throat> they can pretty much facilitate everything they need to, you know, on their compound. But we do get some Marsoc people that come through. We see a lot of the O3 community and a lot of recon. All the recons, you know, guys come our way. So th- there's a little more of an investment in them because of the job that they're doing. And you are exactly right in that, you know, people come there and they have a deflated mentality because, again, they're not performing at the level they were prior. And it's hard as shit, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I tr- the one thing I always try and do, and I think we do really well as a staff there as a whole, is really trying to empathize. You know, mm-hmm. I can't specifically put myself in your shoes. I didn't live through the experience you lived through when you were blown up. But I'm going to try and help you get back to what you were the best way that I possibly can. Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, there is certainly a percentage of people that when they come there really have no interest in being there, especially mm-hmm. when they start. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you what I do see, which which makes me show up to work every day and give the best that I can, is I can guarantee you that whatever percentage of people that is that we see that is deflated at first, you give it a couple months down the road, the mindset has shifted. Yeah. And, and that's ultimately what we're after as a staff. We're going to create that buy-in. We're going to build that trust. And it takes time. It's, yeah. Every single person is different. But, yeah, that is a consistent battle that we do fight as a staff. And it's why we keep showing up. So, yeah, we do see it. But we also see improvements in it as well. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I know it's a, it, even a... You know, even if you're you're combat damaged and you need to recover, sometimes just being pulled away from your element and then stuffed down over there, even though it has all this resource and all this uh, great assets available to help you, you're stuck there by yourself in your head because you don't know anybody else here. You have no command here. You have no camaraderie. Yep. Your dudes are still doing other things, and now you're stuck here. And then it's super weird coming from the O3 field because – you and we are so bah, you right. know, always. Yeah. And any sign of, you know, beta or or laid back or chill is a sign of weakness. And, you know, you can't do that. So coming from there and then and then moving over to the battalion when I did, uh, just for a short period of time, but it was like, I, I was a new world to me. They didn't, nobody yelled. The staff wasn't even allowed to make corrections to like, you know, junior marines right and at the time i hated that i'm like they're 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 this is going to get out of control over here right these guys are still marines but you know that's young you know young me not thinking straight and really they're trying to foster that environment where these guys are not in good shape coming over here right they're not some of them mentally stable some of them are damaged and feel like they have zero purpose for the planet anymore and that can even be your hitters think about being pulled out of your element sent to Bethesda, recover for a couple months by yourself up there, but really you got nobody, and then you end up down at Wounded Warrior Battalion. 
trying to recover for the next year. And literally you have to start making friends there as an adult person. Exactly. Who probably is lacking in a whole lot of confidence because you feel deflated Mm -hmm. and defeated and purposeless. And that's that, you know, it's dangerous cocktail. Yeah, it is. And you put a bunch of them together at the battalion, which is where they should be. And like you say, as time goes on, you see them start to have life again. But yeah, getting there is, um, I see why people, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It makes more uh, sense. Yeah. It's, I've had this conversation with, hundreds of RSMs now the amount of time that I've been there and one thing I try and let them know and I think they they do pick up on it over time I actually do know they pick up on it because I've I've had them tell me but two of the hardest things that an RSM does at the battalion one is actually and you just you just hit on this is getting into the battalion you know you, you were working at a construct at a unit somewhere that you know was probably much higher tempo mm. And suddenly you're put into this different world. That is a very weird transition, like you pointed out. And the second thing that's difficult is actually transitioning out of the Wounded Warrior mm. Battalion. Once you've drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak, right? You, you see how you are developing. You see how things are improving. And eventually it just kind of clicks. You have that buy-in. And then transitioning out into the real world and really figuring out what's next for you Mm -hmm. is also the second biggest thing. So those are the two toughest things, in my opinion, I think that RSMs face the transition into the battalion and then the transition away. Mm -hmm. And they're huge changes. I mean, you said you've been there yourself. We have plenty friends that we know that have, you know, gone through and that is probably the, the top within the top three things that I consistently hear from people that have spent time at the battalion, those are two very weird transitions and it's really tough for people. Yeah. Very strange. I mean, they have so much resource though. If you are, if you do find yourself there, if you're there now, I would urge you to take full advantage of all the resources they have. Kyle tool and his staff at the strength, you know, and, and conditioning over there at the gym, um, your education, you have a lot of time, especially now with COVID stipulations, you have tons of time on your hands. I would highly recommend that. I did a talk over there the other day, and yeah. that was one of the big things is young Corporal comes up, says, you know, I'm a reservist, but I got, you know, this injury on my knee, and they activated me to come down here because of the resources. He said, you know, nobody's really around because of COVID, and there's no camaraderie, and I don't want to get you know, I don't want to get lackadaisical and what would be your recommendation? And I'm like, well, if you're activated, it's 100% tuition re- uh, reimbursement or 100% tuition assistance. And if you're going to be here for a year, you can at least bust out an associate's degree. Like go. if you really want to work and you really want to grind and you're not just saying this to ask a question, yeah, you get your degree. You get your degree in a year and go back up to the reserves, you know, that much better. Had your head down, learned something, didn't get stuck right. in this off mode, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he enjoyed that. And then, and so that's the message, right. But, uh, they also have tons of, um, at least they did when I was there, you can maybe help confirm this up, but they have tons of, uh, mentorship and like internship opportunities at different places, almost with job placement, both at the hospital. I don't know if you guys do a mentor or a, uh, internship with the strength and conditioning or not, maybe. Yeah. So, so it's, it's cool you bring this up because it is something we are <coughs> we're starting to expand into a little bit. So 
I'll kind of hit on just in general some of the resources that the battalion does offer because you've hit on this point. There's a slew of them, and I'll be honest, I don't even know them all. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've been there for a year and a half now. So when we talk about the recovery of the service members, again, first and foremost, that is our main priority. And so the section I work out of is called WARP. That stands mm -hmm. for Warrior Athlete Reconditioning Program. Um, that encompasses a lot of different entities within it. But our primary focus is improving the quality of life to the, uh, for that RSM to the best of our ability to help them transition out or go to wherever it is they're going to be next. So generally speaking, you have RSMs that will medically retire. They will be reactivated and go back to their units or they might go through some sort of an ad set, whatever the case may be. So with that, there's a ton of resources out there. One, the, the biggest and truthfully the most important I think we have available is the TBI clinic, right? Intrepid Spirit. So mm -hmm. that is monumental when we talk about facilitating anybody who has traumatic brain injury, you know, and when people think of TBI, they think of, you know, one big, you know, catastrophic event occurred, somebody was blown up, I've got brain damage. It's not the case. I know, Ryan, you've got a boxing background, I do too. I guarantee you we got some TBI damage just from that alone, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been popped in the face, you know? Mm -hmm. So th that's TBI. So it's, it's the understanding of that more and more of, you know, what an actual TBI is. And then again, how we can best help them with that. So we have Intrepid Spirit there. We have, uh, they have access to countless uh, medical facilities, not even just within the DOD. So even outreach, yeah. Absolutely. Outreach is monumental. So we're sending, you know, RSMs to get some of the best care they could possibly get. I mean, Raleigh, you've got Duke and Chapel Hill alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Two of some of the, you know, best two medical facilities the nation can offer are what two and a half hours away mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a regular thing that they see so there is nutrition and dietitians available as well too that can help with you know the nutritional aspect when specifically when you talk about the amount of prescriptions that the rsms are going to be on mm -hmm. that plays a huge role in how they're actually feeding and fueling their body because the interactions that those drugs are going to have uh, is going to affect their ability to even wake up in the morning. You know, yeah. it, it happens. You're shaking your head because you've been there. You know, you felt felt that for sure. So that's a huge piece. And then, you know, we have the coaching aspect. We have anything, whether it's, you know, with more recreational activities. So mm -hmm. you've got, you know, you're kayaking, you're swimming. There's an aquatics program. Maybe you're an RSM who's, you know, never swam your entire life. It's something you've always wanted to do. Hey, we're going to teach you a new skill. It might be small to someone else, but for you, it could be a huge thing. Sure, you know? sure. You now know how to swim. Things like that. Um, we're amphibious, though, Kyle. That's if right. You know how you to know. swim, something's wrong. Absolutely, for thinking. sure. You're talking about those those Army RSMs that come every once in a while? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> Maybe some of the Navy ones. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're kind of amphibious, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah the Navy. You'd, you'd be surprised. I'll just yeah, leave it yeah. at that. Check. Check. Dodge. Um, it, it's out there for you, though, when we talk about resources as well. Even, you know, you hit on the internship aspect, too. We'll get into that a little bit. We have, um, you know, transitioning professionals out there that, really try and link RSMs up to 
maybe they want to you know get into some sort of a contracting degree but have never done any sort of contracting they mm -hmm. have internships out there available for people and they're going to get them linked up um hvac i mean you pretty much name the profession i mean at this point i don't think any of them have seen a request that is too crazy you know they're going to be able to link you up somehow some way with a resource out there and and get you going in the direction you need to I think a lot of it really just boils down to the mindset piece, you mm -hmm. know, specifically with the RSM. People can only help somebody so much. You know, eventually you as the RSM, you have to be willing to take that help, to take that advice, but you ultimately have to be the one to carry out whatever it is you're trying to do. Check, yeah. So, you know, you hit on this when you talked about your experience earlier. Ultimately, your time at the Wounded Warrior Battalion is absolutely what you make of it. Yep. You can come there, and if you are a barracks Marine, who we, we, we have a barracks on the facility for Marines, um, and if you just decide in your mind that you're going to play video games for 12 hours a day and eat your chow and not talk to people and not get involved with all of these extracurricular activities that are out there, that is ultimately on you. Mm -hmm. But I'll be damned if as a staff we're not going to try and do the best that we can to help you along the way. Mm -hmm. because there are checks and balances in place to make sure that that doesn't happen. But yeah, it, it ultimately comes down to you as the RSM. It's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of you guys that are listening to this and, and maybe you are one, one of those guys that's not involved and maybe there's a slew of reasons, but I can give you my experience only in my experience. We're supposed to be around people. We're supposed to be around people that we're like, and you should, you know, do your best. And I know it's a hard environment over there because of constant turnover and you don't come from the units and nobody has that, you know, that, you know, that deep connection, unless you came there luckily with one of your, you know, friends or unluckily, however you want to look at that, but, uh, reach out, man, get involved in some of the out, the outside activities. Uh, like you said, you do like the kayak days where everybody's outside over there. They try to do like family days when I was there pretty frequently. And, and be honest, like sometimes you, maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe you didn't want to be there. Maybe you don't want to retire. Maybe you got hurt and you just don't want to be there at all. Um, I would urge you to try to get past that as far as, okay, understand that now you're here. Yeah. And, and once you, you can say, okay, I'm here. I now need to move forward in a positive direction and let go of the negativity. Try to let go of that pride a little bit and say, the bottom line is whatever got me here, I'm here now. And now I need to try to use this time to make myself the best that I can for my family and for my friends and for the rest of my life before I exit so that I'm the best I can be on the outside. And uh, that's hard to get by. I'm not saying that's easy. It's easier said than done for sure. But yeah, but the quicker you can do that, the quicker you can, you know, regain some happiness back, I think, and, and try not to let that be a decade. You yeah. Know, learn from people that... Yeah, definitely. And I can even, show. yeah, even, you know, speaking to more of the, you know, the things that are available out there from that, that sporting aspect, you know, there, there's archery, mm -hmm. um, there, there's an elective sport for shooting, you know, there's tra track and field, you know, come out and compete in track and field. So again, maybe you are on RSM who has a track and field background. You haven't done any, any sort of training remotely involved with that since you joined the Marine Corps, but that was something that was a passion of yours back in high school. Mm -hmm. Hey, pull that passion back out, man. Let's see what you got. Mm -hmm. Get out on the track and let's get it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Or it's a new skill. Maybe you've never shot a bow in your life, you know? 
now's the time to learn a new skill. You, you have you have the ability at the battalion to get out there and try new things. But again, it always comes back to that piece of it ultimately is down to the RSM. So yep. building that camaraderie, building that trust, which yep. is as a staff, I can honestly tell you that that really is a core value of ours when, mm-hmm. when we're there. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to be manipulative with anything that we do with the RSMs. It's not about us. It really truly is about them, as cliche as it sounds. And we're going to try and help you the best we can. But yeah, it always boils down to use the RSM. Are you willing to take it? You know, and what yeah, are you going to do with it? You got to be willing to meet them. And, you know, after 15 years of doing it, at least over there, once one, I think I think it's about fifteen years old. The Wounded Warrior Battalion, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, two thousand six, yeah. maybe somewhere around yeah, there, somewhere along the time. Yeah. Like they've been doing this for a minute, and it, like when I went over there, I was so O three mindseted and didn't want to be there, and uh, that like I looked at those things as kooky. Like that's not what are we doing? Why, why are we having these right. silly little games? And there's kayaks, and nobody, you know, this isn't the world that I came from. And you like after fifteen years, they figured out like this is the best way we know how to unwind your mind, though. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're coming over there with a mind problem, some of that kooky stuff can bring you down. And Absolutely. they figured that out. And it may sound kooky, and it may sound silly. And give it a try. Yeah. If it doesn't work, cool. But at least you could say you tried to do that thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. And try everything until you can find something that works for you. So that's. Yeah, man, it's great. Yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely, you're coming at this thing with a holistic approach, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you hit on that. So obviously there's a huge physical component. There's also a huge mental health component to it as well. Mm-hmm. So there are therapists available. There's psychiatrists when it comes to, you know, prescribing meds for anxiety or depression or whatever, PTSD, whatever the case may be you have access to that. You have access to therapy, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're hitting the physical piece, you know, we're hitting the mental health piece. Let's kind of hit some of the spiritual piece as well too. There is a chaplain over there. If, if you know that's the route you'd like to take, there's mm-hmm. so many resources out there. Again, I'm probably, not that I need to, because I think people understand the importance behind having the battalion, but I guarantee you we'll finish this podcast and I'll be like, oh, I should have mentioned this. You know, yeah, there's yeah. so many resources out there, really. And oh, they had couples retreats if you have uh, yep. uh, RSMs that are struggling with their marriage and, and, and things of that nature. They're, they really do take a holistic approach and try to cover every wicket to be able to help you. That's a fact. Definitely. And also, I think it's good to hit on a lot of these services and things that we're talking about outside of covid because again covid is limiting the ability of the wounded warrior battalion right now but these resources are also available to family members not mm-hmm. all of them but but a large amount of them are also available to family members as well too because again if you're you know ryan rogers and you're getting out of the marine corps through the wounded warrior battalion hey you're still going to be somebody's son you're still going to be somebody's husband you know mm-hmm. maybe a father whatever the case may be you know you have to be able to still provide for the people in your life once you get out of the battalion. And that is just an overarching concept that we try to keep in mind from day one when a person walks through those doors. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the sets and the reps or showing up to appointments or you know, showing up to morning formation or whatever the case may be. There's a lo- much, much larger thing that we're after and it takes time to build that. But if you can build that, you're only setting people up to, to do better in the future, and that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Um, do you guys, is there, did they have a bit a program or, or anything right now in place regarding purpose and reestablishing purpose? Is, is that something you've seen over there at the battalion? That's a really good question. There is nothing over there specifically that I have seen, but I also have limited contact with the, the mental health side of, mm. of what goes on there. I don't know if that's something they would do or, I mean, you know, talking more like mental health, spiritual kind of stuff, maybe chaplain. I don't know. That's like a lot of, that's a lot of struggle for people yeah. uh, going to the battalion, regardless of why you came in the Marines and now you're getting cut short because of some sort of injury, whether right. it's combat related or, you know, ailment, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so like, a lot of people lose purpose and yeah. they think, what am I like? I trained my whole life to do this or my whole, you know, tour to, to do these things. And now, now what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah. and we need to pick that up. Like yeah, that's, we have to establish that there's still a purpose. Like what you talk about, just fundamental purposes for your family and your sanity and your kids mm -hmm. got, you know, if you've got kids and you feel like you don't have a purpose, then there's a talk to be had, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Just curious about that. Yeah. That's a really good question. I honestly don't know. And if it's something that we're missing, it's something that we need for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, man, at the end of the, uh, thank you for the information. And at the end, yeah. I'd like to give all my guests a chance just to speak out into the camera to whoever they want to talk to and, and give your message, whatever message that is. Um, mm -hmm. What do you got for them? Yeah. So, I mean, my message is pretty simple, man. Um, you know, regardless of who you are or, you know, what it is you're after, you know, um, I'm going to kind of give the, the same little spiel that I'll give an RSM as they kind of leave the battalion, you know, they sign out and they go on their way is just whatever it is you're after, man, whatever it is you're going for, keep going after it. Be consistent, you know, for sure. There, there's, there's nothing wrong with consistency, with consistently fighting for the things that you believe in. Mm. And as long as you keep attacking that with a purpose and you get up day in, day out and you keep getting after it. That's all we can really ask for mm -hmm. when it comes to a job. You know, if you have the ability to turn your passion into a job and make a little bit of money doing it, Hey, go for it. Because that's the only way that you're really going to drive your purpose and help other people. Mm. And I think as a society right now, I think we could all sit here agreeing that, uh, we need a lot more of that. We need a lot more positivity being spread and way less negativity. So yeah, in fact, be nice. Yeah, find, <laughs> find your passion project and share it with people, you yeah, know? Yeah. Do what you can do to make the world a little better than it was yesterday. So that's my message. Boom. Love it. Yeah. Kyle O'Toole, everybody. Thanks for coming out. We appreciate the time, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Louisiana Gun Shop, your firearm headquarters, specializing in concealed carry guns, ammo, and training. You can get your Louisiana permit with us. Also, a large selection of AR-15s, or if you are that build-it-yourself type of guy or gal, we have all the parts to build and customize your own AR-15. Glock, Sig, Taurus, Ruger, we have all the brands, both in the store or at louisianagunshop.com. Not too far. You're marking a building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's a funny, funny shot. Yeah. Funny.